With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet and I am Ross McLeod and I have never been more buzzing today a show than I am right now <laughs> on the one year anniversary when Stevie first texted me saying do you want to be on a wrestling podcast and I was at a ticket counter frantically trying to get my killer's ticket saying Stevie fuck off I've not got time to do a wrestling podcast <laughs> to now it's a show one year in the waiting we are talking about the great one the people's champ my favourite wrestler of all time we're talking about The Rock uh, but first off, before we start, uh, if you're listening to this, make sure to hit the subscribe button, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, or, or any Android podcasting site, give us five stars and leave a wee review if you could. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, at Suplex Retweet on all of them. So, should we meet the most electrifying panel in Scottish? <laughs> That's a stretch. Right. First off, is a man who came into my life in 1996, much like The Rock. Unlike The Rock, I have not warmed to him. It's Scott McLeod. <laughs> I did this for you, like the case you did it for The Rock. Don't Next. make me walk out right now. Next up is a man as devilishly handsome as The Rock is electrifying. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Rafe one that is Nathan Fisher. How's it going? I'm good, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Next up, if Smackdown's The Rock show, you best believe this is his podcast and he'll let you know about it. It's Stevie Wilson. And that's the bottom line. <laughs> wrong show. Wrong show. Wrong show. I do not care. Austin, better than Rock. <laughs> wow, what an introduction. <laughs> you can leave. You can leave now. There's more Rock fans. Did you miss his intro? That's my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. You don't say you leave. It's put down your ass out of here. <laughs> Next up is a man who begged to be on the show. Begged. So much so that God Himself came down, looked down, and said, Aaron, but my name's Andy. It doesn't matter what his name is. <laughs> it's Andy Mitchell, you yeah, know. How's it going? Pleasure to be here. <laughs> and of course, the biggest rock fan, he can claim this because he is the big dog of ESSR. He is, um, look at Sidon. I'm good, mate, how are you? It doesn't matter how good you are! <laughs> we'll let that stand because it's the festivities of the great one tonight. <laughs> Um, I was wondering how long it would take for someone to do that and just not be allowed to talk. There's a man who wants to be known as the people's champ of the great nations of Ghana, Netherlands, and Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> Finally winning a sweepstake after throwing Vicky Cornwell, Grant McRobbie, Stephen Blair, 
William Hill, both the bookies and a person, doesn't even watch wrestling, just threw a guy called Nathan Fisher, the entire ESSR podcast for Dave to Stacey, eventually finding an expert in the Dutch destroyer that is Tom Brock, it's the new ESSR champion, Quackeraji. Uh, thank you very much for that, boss. Uh, although you also forgot that I threw my nephew under the bus as well. Yeah. So, um, no, I mean, you look more like an asshole. I know, but I'd just like to say a thank you to all the warm messages that's come through since my a victorial <laughs> weekend there and I, I look forward to more of the champion in fact it's actually next week I'm looking forward to my expert coming over from Holland after a series of jabroni experts I finally get my proper expert back he's going to get himself onto that plane at Amsterdam fly over to Glasgow check himself directly into the Hilton Hotel to say finally Tom Brock has come back to Glasgow Thank you very much. I hate you. <laughs> I thought it was in 97 because I feel like I've just got screwed. <laughs> so should we... Wait, 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 wait. Oh. Ross, before you go on, I think there's some business that needs to be done. Now, I don't have a tin. Oh, no. Oh, yes! table! Yes! For those that have listened to the podcast before on our Money in the Bank sweep, Stevie came second, so became Mr. Spare Change in the Tin. So I can ask both oh, men a question, and I'm actually going to make it a bit tense, right? So, have you got your sheets up? I, I know my answer already. <laughs> Tension. Right. Have you both got pens, actually? Alright, cool, right. We have a Royal Rumble-style question, in style of a Royal Rumble quiz we'll be doing in the new year. Mandy Rose has the distinction of being the first woman eliminated from both the Royal Rumble and the Elimination Chamber. Name both people who eliminated her. Ooh, thick. Right, you've got to half time together, get half Wikipedia. Oh no. I'm giving my answer right now. Right, go. Who, who eliminated Mandy? I'm just going to say Tom Brock and Tom Brock. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. If you get closer than Tom Brock, if you get at least one right, you've won. Uh, was it Sasha Banks in the Elimination Chamber? And who do you have for the rumble? The uh, rumble, I'm going to go with Lita. Two for two. We have a new oh! We have a new ESSL champion. It's his podcast, it's his show, and now it's his title. That's his number. Yes. Well done. Where is my belt? <laughs> and Lindsay. It's no. actually here right now. <laughs> no, what's a British bulldog? Where's my, my title shot? In the words of shot? the great Becky Lynch, it's good to be the man. Mm, that's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> She's more of a man than you. Uh, suppose. <laughs> I don't know looks. So who was that too? Stevie. Alright, oh, yeah, fair enough. No, 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 I suppose. Anyway, to... sorry, Ross. Back Stephen to can be the man here, considering he can't be at home. Oh! oh! No, should we talk about the rocks? Because that's what we advertise this thing as. As I said, my work was done. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're going to start. Uh, tonight's show is about Rock from his first title in Survivor Season 1998 all the way to the Icon vs. Icon match against Hulk Hogan in 2002. So, this is actually one of four we're doing on the Rock. <sighs> Yes, because I badgered Stevie that much. Showed up at his home and everything. <laughs> so, we start off with the Deadly Games tournament. A quarter of a tune, an average oh, yeah. tournament. Mm-hmm. Final of the Deadly Games, so we've got The Rock, 
as the people's champion, he's starting to become the second face of the company. You've got Mankind, the chosen one. You know, he's called Vince McMahon dad. And then in a callback for the year before, the Montreal screw job happens yet again. And Rock becomes WWE champion for the first time, joining and becoming the corporate champion. So Nathan, I'll ask you, we always have a bit of a go at WWE's booking. You know, we've talked about Danny Bryan turning heel when he's very popular. Thank God Twitter wasn't about in this day and age. I know. <laughs> I mean, like you said, we've slagged WWE's booking for this sort of thing in the past. I actually think this is sort of a... I thought Deadly Games are very underrated. Uh, pay-per-view Survivor Series I thought this is actually a part of Russell book and that's actually done well I think it was a good swerve Rock turn and heel just uh, a bit before that though this is one of my favourite pay-per-views for the sole reason of JR's reaction to when Shane turns on Austin you're going to laugh at this as well <laughs> Shane turns on Austin oh here's JR <laughs> that's it but anyway back, back to the Rock certainly um, yeah I thought it was a, a good swerve I mean the, the perfect opposite to Mankind going to learn going into what we'll talk about Soon, Rumble, X and Vantage, they mask her. Good setup, yeah. Yeah, because it is the stereotypical Vince McMahon guy. He's a handsome, built guy mm-hmm. with wrestling in his DNA. And Alan, he just he, he fits the corporate champion so much, doesn't he? He does. I mean, to quote JR, or paraphrase JR, it's like Capital Punishment in the UK, 1980. He said if the wrestling gods could create a wrestler, he is it. The looks, the build, the charisma, Mike's skill, he's got everything. That's totally great. Mm-hmm. I think one of the best parts of that Deadly Games tournament was his capture the Night Stick from the mm-hmm. boss. Oh, 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 figure beauty. What were the fastest matches in history? Four seconds? See, that's something else before we move on to uh, Andy. It looked as if The Rock had the Dark Stick against him, but when you look back at it, it's like he had the big boss man, but he won yeah. the four seconds. Did the boss man lie down? The boss man, when he threw the Night Stick to Shamrock, actually, he was just throwing it at The Rock. Kane attacked the Rock, well actually it was under Vince McMahon's order to get him the win against Undertaker so it didn't look like he was going to win and it's like, it's that, it's like the usual suspects sort of thing when you find out, well, don't spoil it for the three people that haven't seen it you find out who Kevin <laughs> Sorty is Kevin a monster <laughs> I actually haven't seen it <laughs> I know what happened but... yeah, it's that, it's, the, it's clicking on like, oh god, they were in on it all along mm-hmm. and they, obviously your favourite wrestler's The Rock, you begged to be on this show oh yeah, I do love The Rock, I do love Austin <laughs> The rock side up there, but no, I, I remember watching because he was like he was kind of the underdog until the end when he's like he turned heel and it's like one of those ones as well because mankind was kind of like tweener like heel and nobody really talks about that double turn as well and it was like it's such an effective one because then mankind came on to be like a great babyface and then obviously the rock became this great heel but I think it really like it was just like it's a very underrated pay per view I think and it was a great character development for like the rock. Previous pay per view did you not lose to Mark Henry? He lost yeah. to Mark Henry and then was a couple of times. Yeah, he, as well. he could not beat Ken Shamrock with full of 98. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he managed to escape every time with the belt because Shamrock was always canon. Oh, Shamrock was <laughs> yeah. Shamrock was the champion and never got the show. And they turned him heel as well. But, uh, oh, you're on the Ken Shamrock show apparently now. <laughs> <laughs> the Shamrock says. <laughs> no, Scott, only in WWE. Could a man who's six foot three and built like a Greek god be considered the underdog as we just talked about there? <laughs> yeah, because it's six six, isn't it? Six five two seventy five. Jesus, <laughs> so you like your measurements, Alan? I told you. Remember that the biggest fan here? Remember I can remember this original big show. Five hundred pounds. Seven foot two, five foot two. Yeah, the rocks built at six six sometimes. Jesus, because there you go, Scott. A man, a man built like Terry Crews for Brooklyn Nine Nine. It's the underdog. 
Alright, now we've got the measuring tape put away. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it's weird that going into it, it seemed like The Rock was the underdog and uh, McMahon's chosen guy was mankind. And it's weird looking back at it thinking the guy who wears a leather mask that looks like a serial killer would wear it and his best pal is a sock is somehow the corporate choice for champion. Like, it's easy, cynical saying it's like looking back at it, it's clear that they fit the other, other opposite roles and that's what they would have in their feed and that's why their feed was so great. And you talked about the parallels between Brian turning heel with The Rock. Also parallels with The Rock's promo, as I'm sure we get to the following night, the bringing, bringing back the Rocky sucks thing, how he never <laughs> forgot that. Reminds me of a tweet, Charlotte Flair, you do it after everyone cheered her for being up Ronda Rousey, just put, boo the woo, screw you. Yeah, it's always good to call back to the treatment of it, because, you know, they're out there every night, they hear the chance every night, you know, you've got to think people don't forget this, especially when it's 6,000 uh, people in a house show and 20,000 people at WrestleMania telling you die. Yeah, no, the one thing I, I don't like about, sorry, I don't like about the moment, though, is... Rock's there, he has a promo with the McMahon's what and the fans are angry. Somebody couple people actually throw cuts at the ring. Not as much as when the NWO formed, but there's a weird thing. Austin comes back out after being kinda of chased out by the boss man and screwed over by Shane and Austin just stunners Rock. Like could they not just have him like stun our Shane or one of the Stooges and save that? Yeah, not, yeah, not let him get his yeah. hands on him until Mania. Sort of a revisionist history with Austin at times you can't forget he was very uh, people complain about John Cena to stand tall at the end of every show. Yeah. Austin had a bit of that as well. So it goes on to feud with Mankind. We we get the amazing moment that turns the Monday Night Walls. If there's ever a match that screams Attitude Era, it's Rotten Mankind, oh, yeah. where the entire DX incorporation and Stone Cold interfere. Was a- Guys, you talk about Stone Cold in that one, but obviously I think his, everybody remembers his moment in that yeah. one, but you got to remember before, yeah. there was a lot of things before that, there was a kind of mm-hmm. rivalry between the two of them kind of coming to a head, DX and everything, it was just, as you say, it was perfect. I watched this match the other night and see the best thing about it is we talked about The Rock being built like a god, but he's the snivelling heel champ because he walks and see when he gets too far ahead, the likes of Vince and Shane and Bossman and that, he stops and waits for them to catch up. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. when there's about three steps, he starts swaggering again. Yeah, he's something that in the nation as well. Mm-hmm. Been him and Farouk are kind of feuding for the leadership there. He's just, he's brilliant. He's <laughs> I love him so much. <laughs> and obviously, him and Mankind had every match type you can imagine. They had an empty arena match, they had no DQ matches, they had last man standings, eye quiz, ladder matches. Do you know the cage match as well? Don't think that was the cage match with Shamrock. Yeah, they had every sort of match, and the type this this was one that was brought up. Uh, also, we talked about WWE fans' complaints about the modern era. They complained about Sasha and Charlotte uh, constantly swapping the title, and I seen the comparison online. It was they're so good together. They are mm. one's not better than the other. It's just who's better on that night, and that was a sort of rock mankind feud. Mm. Mankind when he was left alone with the Rock got his due because he would go where Rock wouldn't, where Rock needed the help and mm-hmm. you know, it, it made The Rock such an effective heel and it made uh, Mankind such an effective babyface. Mm-hmm. So we'll move on from that, obviously he, they feuded for the title from obviously Survivor Series 98 up until the night after St Valentine's Day Massacre and then we'll get to the first part of the Stone Cold Steve Austin feud. So then obviously we go and we get the fuck we get to the Royal Rumble 1999, Rock wins by the title, obviously. The feud away at Mankind, he loses it twice after that anyway. <laughs> but he's eventually champion leader at WrestleMania, and he goes in to fight the guy he's screwed over. You know, and, and, and you talked about Vince Russo. 
such a great booking decision the Deadly Games Vince McMahon winning the Royal Rumble is not one of the great Vince Russo decisions we remember <laughs> Neil's Russomania certainly just, oh, just, a, just a terrible yeah, ter- terrible well, show well, as well. Well, well, <laughs> terrible as well just I don't know it was good for the my favourite part of that one was uh, see the point where the Ministry are battling Viscera Right. <laughs> it's the fact that Undertaker's just casually walking around the limo as Austin arrives in the yeah. ambulance it's just like <laughs> <laughs> how many different shows can we mention fucking Viscera I know Viscera is sort of like the weird one we've managed to slide in there until we talk about King of the Ring winners next year <laughs> big Mabel see that's even part of that intro last week <laughs> Yeah, we talked about him on the Hardcore title show, we talked about him on the Crown Jewel show, he was the intro for Squacko on the Survivor Series show, and now he's been shoehorned in here somehow. And it takes skill to shoehorn this. I, know. I don't know if you've seen the man. It's a big bugger. Also, Trishan Leader show next year, we can get him in that as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the big shagger. Talking about the people's champ. No. Listen up. No escaping big bass. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> We're back to the Rock. <laughs> yeah, so if we, if we can go back to Stone Cold Steve Austin versus the Rock, this is the first time they properly feuded for the WWE title. They had the feud in 1998 over the IC title. But the, what's your thoughts about this one? Because this match doesn't really get mentioned compared to the WrestleMania 17 one, Andy. I feel like it's like the most disappointing because it wasn't really about the Rock and Austin. It was about Austin and McMahon, yeah. and the the Rock was just an afterthought. Mm-hmm. Steven? Oh, sorry. No, that was pretty much it. <laughs> no, no, he's, he has completely right. This was around about the point, obviously, the Austin McMahon feud was at its peak. Well, as you get about 2001, uh, McMahon Austin feud was kind of backdrop because obviously Austin had just came back from the neck injury. Then 2003 is all about just the whole two for nothing type thing. So it does doesn't get the look in for that as well. And also a combination of the fact that it was a terrible mania. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah. one saving grace of that mania was that match, but yeah. before it was just. No, no, there was a symbolic moment. There was a symbolic, symbolic. moment. Is it symbolic? <laughs> He's hanged a man for a cage. I don't think that's a symbol. I think that's a salt. After that, I'm not getting past. Like, oh, like, you know, like, thirty seconds. Thirty yeah. seconds. Uh, yeah. The dream has no memory. <laughs> 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 the bark gun over my clothes. Hold, hold, goes red there. <laughs> no, I'm red because it's so warm in here. <laughs> I've also got a Deadpool t-shirt on. So, <laughs> so uh, we talk about obviously this match. I think. When The Rock first came to prominence and he was doing his, his rise, WWE, as good as it was in that era, it wasn't a sort of stale place in 98, 99, because the main event card was always Kane v The Undertaker, mm. Undertaker v Austin, Kane v Austin, <laughs> Kane, Undertaker and Austin, and then we got The Rock Mankind feud, and I think it was like a breath of fresh air, it was Mick Foley going, going extreme lengths to do it and he won the title, and The Rock going extreme lengths to keep it. And then this this is sort of disappointment because after it gets beat at Backlash, they just sort of go back to the Undertaker, Steve Austin rivalry. It's, it really just runs itself in. So thing about the Rock, uh, Austin because they're such big stars that people think when you think Rock the Austin, what comes to mind? They think Mania. People forget that this Backlash match even happened. Now I, I keep forgetting it even happened, and what's even weirder is it's probably much the last in your house pay per view, is it not? Was yeah. the one after it? That was no, the, no, it was, uh, it was, yeah, yeah. it was the last one in your house, backlash. Yeah. yeah, and also, I think what we're going back to the reason Austin Rock May 15 isn't remembered, I think, also gets lost in such a crap mania, but the Rock Mankind rivalry was so good, and it went up right to like the Raw after St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Mm-hmm. And then, what do people really remember? The build to Rock Austin. The one standout moment is the beer truck moment, which happened 
mm-hmm. they didn't grow up before Mania, and other than that, there was really no build at all, really, was there? Yeah. Are you on about Backlash? No, I'm talking oh, about uh, Mania. Mania yeah. right, right, the, back, the Backlash feud's really only memorable for the simple fact Brock stole the Smoltz Skull title. On the uh, oh, yeah. Monster yeah. Truck over to Lamar. Oh, well oh <laughs> I, that's the Rock's brand new car! And looking back now, you're like, was that considered a good car in the 90s? Because it looks like he'd be shy. Well, you see how the Rock dressed off the time in the 90s. It was just considered fashionable. Oh, come on, it looked amazing. He's the only guy getting away with that, let's be honest. I know, you'd love him to bring back that style. There's a there's a promo actually on a random 2000 episode of SmackDown and Triple H actually slates him for what he's wearing. He goes, "Well, Rock, that's a very nice pajama top you're wearing there." Is that that one he wore all the time? Aye, oh, that's probably. Aye, it's, oh. it's like the sleazy, like oil baron uh, air. <laughs> <laughs> it was also he's like he's casual, he's kind of casual gear that he would wear in the hardcore matches. It's like, uh, what the heck is do, that? Do you know why he wore like a t-shirt during the uh, Mankind feud? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, it was like Tesco two-stripe trackies though. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yeah, like yeah, smash he, out, he, he had to get like uh, male breast reduction so that's yeah, why he was uh, this baggy uh, top. Uh, that's because he's mentioned in his autobiography that you Yeah, something it was it was something about the the DNA within uh, steroids. Uh, no, <laughs> steroids was a major factor in it. But also apparently uh, Simone men are actually naturally bigger boned. Like, unless you're Simone and you tell me you're big boned, I'm gonna tell you you're fat. <laughs> but uh, that added with the steroids leaded to rock actually growing <laughs> Growing the most electrifying set of tits in sports entertainment today. <laughs> and he had to have breast reduction, and that's when he like, basically said, I'm off the steroids. Although, when you look at him now, you're like, oh, Jesus man. Christ. Big boy, isn't he? <laughs> Come on, that's not the fault. Are you trying to get the same gender? <laughs> he doesn't need that wellness policy anymore, does he? Exactly. He's in his private gym. So, obviously, after the. Obviously, we talked before about flip-flop heel face turns, like a Kane, Big Show, Mark Henry. The Rock sort of had a flip-flop sort of style heel turn. He was heel and face and heel again. And then after Backlash, Shane McMahon has a go at him for failing to win the big one and he's face again for some reason. Well, he's the point of him, Shane McMahon, the best in the world, remember? Oh, <laughs> Even yeah, by then. Nice. Carried Xbox to a good match at WrestleMania 50. Yeah, the, the best match of the show, wasn't it? <laughs> that, was, that was good. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's, uh, he's such. He's got that charisma about him that you can't really keep him heel for that long. As good as he is at it, eventually his natural charisma is going to get people behind him. He's going to have to turn again. Fair enough. No, but before we move on, obviously, for this subject, we talked about the Mankind feud and how good the Mankind feud went. It was a breath of fresh air. It kind of gets lost to history for the simple fact it was so important in the Monday Night Wars and changing the ratings. Do you think this would have been a better feud if Mankind won the title at WrestleMania? Would this would this be better remembered as WrestleMania? I think there's certainly an argument for it to be a triple threat match. Mm-hmm. I think um, I guess I'm not I'm not seeing this man in the way with Mankind will come in as a referee at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was maybe a triple threat, I believe, at one point. I think it was a shame, no, uh, Sean Michaels at Thunder Rock said, oh, no, he did a single. Sean Michaels, yeah. With those V shorts. He always wore the short shorts. Oh, We'll talk about that Judgment Day 2000, these short shorts. I don't know how we done. Jesus Christ. Could see what Sean Michaels had for breakfast that day. Could you imagine where they're now that you pulled? Oh, God. 
talking about a lot about male fashion sense in this podcast. I seen a photo the other day, and it was a it was WWE SPFL, and it was a photo of a bald Triple H and a bald Shawn Michaels, and it's like, remember Chris Bond and Kenny Miller? This is them now. So it has the face turn and. Scott, something me and you spoke about, he's got matches and feuds in 1999. It's not exactly a banner, a banner year for The Rock. The promos are still great, you know, he's still over his hell, but feuds with Billy Gunn, Bulldog, Val Venus and Al Snow. We spoke about before how Austin turned down chances to feud with Jeff Jarrett, Billy Gunn, refused to be pinned by Triple H at SummerSlam. Yeah. This is something we spoke about, uh, The Rock's attitude towards things. Yes, The Rock uh, was going to be that guy. He's up for anything, and I think that's what kind of made him kind of endearing to people that age that he would do anything they asked him to do. Kind of like John Cena, he's been a couple man through and through. Every time you say, "Can you do this thing for us?" Like, ah, all right. And also, I think The Rock's such a, like I said, so charismatic that he can pull stuff off, even being at the lowest point, shooting with Billy Gunn. I mean, talk about creative having nothing for you. Right There's a reason we're not doing a Billy Gunn podcast for us. <laughs> you hear about a contrast in Rock and Austin in that sense. Uh, Austin was always paranoid about his spot on the card because the experience in WCW <laughs> being screwed over by top guys there. So I think Rock hadn't really experienced that, obviously, so he's yeah. always more open to, to working with like, lower card talent. Yeah, uh, obviously, big main event losses as well. Every time he fought, he lost to Triple H about three times on pay per view that year. Yeah. He took the pin and the six pack challenge for WWE title. No, he, there's a strap match as well. There's a strap match yeah. as well. Yeah, Obviously, he was... lost to him at Rebellion. He lost to Taker at King of the Ring. He lost to Taker at King of the Ring, who then got beat by Austin the next night. And that, <laughs> that started the Austin Undertaker feud again. You know, <laughs> Big Show pinned him a good few times. Like, this is a man we're talking about one of the greatest of all time. Well, a year like that. I know, it, yeah. it just shows how good he is. Uh, that he's had a year like that and he's still up there. Yeah, but they acknowledge that as being there. <laughs> I know, I mean, imagine what you said Twitter back then. Like, my God, can you believe they're sparing somebody as charismatic as The Rock? Like, no, he can still make it work. Like, yeah. he, so, he got through an angle with Bulldog where he robbed Bond him on a pile of dog shit and still people oh, cheered him. Yeah. Was it into the dark room? The dark room? The dark room? <laughs> and he said a lot of the greatest people's elbows. Ever. Oh, oh, the slip. Super. Uh, yeah, like, oh. all these low cars still have memorable moments. Yeah, it was well, a bit... The thing <laughs> is, though, it was like, he was kind of there to put Billy Gunn over, but just with his promo yeah. ability, he just buried him by just sheer charisma. Have you ever seen uh, the Sami Zayn interview with Chris Jericho? He talks about The Rock, he goes, The Rock's so good and his words mean so much and so venomous. It's like, if anyone else said this, it'd be a throwaway joke. It, the Rock says and it's like... Yeah, maybe we shouldn't push this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Look at the fully loaded promo. It's like Triple H is getting built as this next big heel, and The Rock does a promo where he just like slates him. You Mm -hmm. see Triple H's face, and you can tell that he's like pissed off. It's like Triple H's promo fully loaded that kind of shows how pissed off he was. There's actually, I think it was Pat Patterson uh, that said to The Rock, he said in an interview before, Triple H obviously was good and good with the click, and then he was in good with Vince, and you know he had he had he's. DX all supported each other backstage, they all made sure they all got over and uh, he was like, well Triple H keeps going off script and Pat Patterson just said to him, he goes, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than it is to ask for permission. No, the thing is, mm. the thing as well about that though, you kind of say, you're talking about that, that promo that on me kind of, was kind of buried a guy, but what I actually ended up leading to was uh, Triple H's off script promo where he had introduced the game for the first time uh, and yeah. mm-hmm. he talked about that he was the game, so there's something the Rock's impact in history there as well. <laughs> we'll, t- we'll see it at the break, the Royal Rumble, uh, the 
Armageddon. the hell of sale Armageddon he still takes the piss out of that the Triple H is <laughs> the game <laughs> so Quack we've not really came to you yet what, what are your thoughts on The Rock because we've never really I've never really spoke to you about The Rock up um, this time <laughs> well it was pretty much said what it was like for me it was just more the promos I love that aspect of them that's the kind of thing I love in wrestling, I love the comedy, I love the kind of aspect. As I say, week in, week out. And nobody did that better than The Rock, in my opinion, at that time. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin was a lot there for me. I just love the whole beer thing and the hell yes and all that kind of stuff, but Rock was for me. See, this is where my love for Rock comes in and my preference to him over Austin. Because see, when you look back on Austin's feuds, The Undertaker one drags, The Kane one never really gets going. The Vince McMahon feud is gold, it's the best feud ever, but you can only take that so far. And every other feud he sort of had, it, unless it was for the title, you didn't really care. Whereas Rock made everything work. And you obviously spoke about comedy there. The most comedic <laughs> segment of all time. When The Rock and Sock became a team. This is your life. Which originally started as a birthday celebration. Until Rock very politely informed mankind that his birthday was May 2nd. See you at the time. Great segment, but now you just wish it never happened because you've got all the ones that are really rotten now. Aye, aye. milked it just aye, because of that yeah. one. Yeah. Just, and even then, it was. Well, it went over time, didn't it? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's, it's, it's set such a bad precedent. Vince went through them, apparently backstage. He yeah. chewed them out in front of everyone. And then the next week, uh, I think it was Mike Foley that got to Arena after Rock, and Rock came up to him and went, uh, Vince wants to see us in his office and uh, he was like guys how are you like, hugging them best of friends it got an absolutely amazing rating because it's the rock mankind you know they could have they could have played checkers in the ring for 20 minutes <laughs> and people would have went like shh continuing that rock mankind feud again shh just goes to show how good they were as a team and how fondly remembered they are that when you look back on it they really only teamed together on paper I think only once because like while they were in that thing, Matt and Guy kept going off and doing stuff else, and the one Rock was still in WWE title matches, like and still they won the title a couple of times, but it was mostly on TV. When you think about, it, they're not a pro- they never have a proper tag team run. They had a couple of appearances, but that, that's how good they were together that you don't really remember them. Yeah, they're very attitude era title runs. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> one on Raw, lost on SmackDown, which is something around about the late '99. This shows the Rock's popularity. We got the first ever show SmackDown. First ever Smackdown show, I should say. We can put that down as a botch, that's one. <laughs> one botch! <laughs> so, obviously, The Rock's catchphrase get made into a show. Just shows the... It's still going to this day. Like, there's people tuning in just think Smackdown's a normal thing. It's weird to think at one point it was just a daft catchphrase for The Rock. Yeah, I totally agree. I was saying to a couple of guys before we came on and before we started recording, how many of The Rock's scenes are now in everyday language? Think about it. Just bring it. How many times we all did a hand signal? Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, doesn't matter what you think and all that. Everything is, all these things, scenes are now part of local language all over the world. The eyebrow as well. Oh yeah, it's high school, everybody's trying to eyebrow. Yeah, the eyebrow. I stayed my eye for weeks trying to do it, and I've finally done it, it stayed for a good two or three hours. I got it, you. I got it, you. Everybody thought you just looked really surprised at something. <laughs> I've not watched Hollow Life and made a lot of things with people's eyebrows. I, I, I truly love my mother for the simple fact that see growing up as a massive rock fan I annoyed the shit out of her constantly see before I was able to do it and it was just like I looked as if I was having a fit am I doing it yet mum? am I doing it? no quite yet son go, go back in your room and practice translation that was fuck off <laughs> exciting times in the McLeod household yeah, mum can I do it? Can I do it? you can't do it yet 
And then the utter unenthusiastic response went, Mum, I got it, I got it. Alright, cool. <laughs> Thanks for that. Oh, really cool. she turned around and said, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Talking about the rotten sock connection, I just like had a flashback to when it was like the few of them with the Dudley boys and uh, Bubba Ray had the stutter. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's like it's like some of the stuff the Rock said back then, I couldn't get away with now. Yeah. But just that he's there and he's stuck and he goes, eh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's actually something. We've got a few rock shows planned. We've got one talking about his part timer return for 2011 to 2016, and that's it's actual complaint about the Rock now that. His promos are maybe a bit too on PC. But it was like called Kevin Kelly or Hermaphrodite and it was called yeah. Hermes. And then there was the poor coach. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh he just. He, yeah, he'd be a star. Uh, yeah. It's going to be great when a rock shows up again and coaches it. It's just like, coach. <laughs> Have you ever. Well, I remember when it was what is it? Uh, when he was in the ring with Ronda Rousey and it's like uh, Stephanie Man's like, you never hit a woman, Rock. It's like, actually, he's rock bottomed you a few times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like WrestleMania 2000 went off the air with Rock, people's elbow, and <laughs> Stephanie McMahon. Man. Like, you'll never hit a woman, this incarnation of The Rock. <laughs> oh, the Rock never remembers. Uh, <laughs> never forgets, sorry. And the Rock and Salt were part of another historic first time ever, the way you love. First ever tag team buried alive match on SmackDown. <laughs> the best thing, uh, the best thing about that is literally someone takes a bump and then goes into the yeah. I big show launches him about fifteen Aye. feet, and it's like a couple of feet more. You'd have hit the grave, but he hits Aye. the grass and yeah. then just kind of <laughs> flops in. A place for something like that on SmackDown, the big oval like set, and then just this grave next to it. I know buried alive matches were always weird unless yeah. it's like two supernatural people going on against Aye. each other. The Rock doesn't really fit into that sort of. <laughs> We're, we're talking about rock promos. See my favourite one, the Michael Cole one, where he goes, "I don't want to look at you, Michael Cole." So he puts the <laughs> the t-shirt over his face, and then he goes, "In fact, I don't want you holding the mic. Get out of my shot." And he takes the mic and goes, "This stinks. What's on your hand?" And as Michael Cole puts his hand up, he slaps it in his face. <laughs> <laughs> Who was it? Was it Lily and he did Puntang Pilot? Yeah. <laughs> oh, the rock strudel. <laughs> That, that was something as well would you, you get wet with perspiration yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the one uh, he's Wrestlemania 20 promo don't look at the people's package oh, yeah. the buffet yeah, is closed Lillian <laughs> <laughs> so we'll move on obviously from this period to obviously G- the infamous GR call was about our series 1999 that card just ran over Austin we had and this is where it's so important to build up your undercard Stone Cold and Undertaker both went down with injuries at the same time and this is where we saw Triple H and Rock ascend to the top of the card. One is the heel and one is the face. And this is where you really go. This is the, the rock everyone at school loved. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's when, like, was it, would it have been on Channel 4 Heat? Yeah, early 2000, yeah. yeah. It is the first wrestling match I ever seen. It was an episode of Heat and it was a highlights. Now they used to have the highlights of Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. Through. And it was a match on SmackDown with Rikishi and The Rock. That is my first ever match with Rikishi and The Rock. And I refuse to go back and watch it for the simple fact is I know it won't be as good as I remember. Because yeah. like, we reviewed Royal Rumble 99. Mm-hmm. Sorry, King of the Ring 99. Yeah. You were so excited about that. And I just got a text for you saying, this is shit. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm re-watching that. It's just like... Was it one of my... Sorry. Yeah. So one of my first memories of Heat was like, I think The Rock and Mankind, they had like a, a sort of a pink slip on a pole match. <laughs> yeah, that's classic Russo. <laughs> yeah. But this was after Russo because this was just after like fighting. 
And uh, yeah, I don't know. I just always remember that. Was, like, is that was that just a memory? Or was that an actual match that happened? You know? No, I think that was that not when the McMahon Hemsley people were trying yeah. to get rid of the Mankind. Yeah, this yeah, was because Jack Feud. I said, yeah, because Mankind got fired. The Rock tried to get him back, and then yeah, Cactus they turned it well became Cactus Jack again. So we go into one of the one of the most infamous botches in history. Rock comes in, he's promo by the way at the Royal Rumble 2000 where they go, Who, who's gunning for you? Who are you scared of? He goes, well if I can get by Crash Holly and Headbanger Mosh, I think I'll be on to a winner here and I'll be going to WrestleMania. Like, we joked about how they out of place the, uh, like the Undertaker promo at King, at King of 99, what happens when you get the balls off a bull was. <laughs> like, an even weirder one. <laughs> that I, was weird! Like, a weird one, I don't know how weird it was, like, Weirdly, The Rock's asked about the Big Show and he said the Big Show said he's gonna, thinks he's going to throw you out. Well, The Rock bites a monkey's ass what the Big Show thinks. <laughs> like, how, how is that possible? You signed Crash Holly as well. Little did he know that Crash become a multi-time hardcore champion, so much The Rock never did, so... <laughs> yeah, I'm sure The Rock's kicking himself. <laughs> never won that. Damn, never won the card title. <laughs> did, did The Hollies actually beat The Rock and sort of connection for yes, the title? So Crash Holly... That's, that was when Mankind had fallen out of him, because he yeah. thought The Rock had been his book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mankind just sitting in the corner. And, and all the daft feuds, we seem to forget that there was a feud in the Attitude Era where someone lost the tag titles because of somebody putting a book in the book. <laughs> it could be worse, it could be feeding over coffee. You think this is about coffee? <laughs> <laughs> so, there's only one man that could have won this Royal Rumble, I think. Mm. Everybody knew yeah. it was X Pop. That's the final four. Final four. Yeah. Yeah. He was eliminated twice. <laughs> oh, have you. <laughs> it's when The Rock eliminates him, somebody's uh, put uh, Rick's face from Rick and Morty on The Rock and put Morty on uh, x back and it's when he throws him over, it's just uh, Jeez! <laughs> that, was, that was the more as well, the uh, kind type of four times oh, oh, murdered by the APA. <laughs> oh, see the worst thing about that as well. See when you, you, you hate yourself for laughing at it, but some, oh, of, Jer- some of Jerry Lawler's sort of oh, on PC jokes, you're like, you, you, there's like three and you go, that's absolutely horrendous, and you're not expecting a fourth one, and then you go, fuck, I laughed at that, I'm a horrible human being. <laughs> so he's the only guy that can win it. Big Show picks him up, they walk over to the ropes and rock with the with the weight of Big Show on him and the momentum. His feet hit the floor first but he bounces back in. The referees don't call it, they just go, oh by the way, the rock wins, it was in the script. And this leads to the Big Show feud, it leads to possibly the most clusterfuck filled yeah. WrestleMania main mm. event ever. Because there's not enough Vince McMahon on the product, so we'll get his family in. A McMahon in every corner, we have Linda with Mick Foley who was retired, because retirement's been nothing. Big Show with Shane, Stephanie with Triple H, and Vince with The Rock, which really did not work once they took away the corporation angle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought, I've always said, I've never been a fan of this pay-per-view. I thought it was a terrible one. I've seen that. Any, this is how much I love The Rock. Didn't matter how good the pay-per-view was, if The Rock lost, I wouldn't watch it. I wouldn't buy it. <laughs> so... 99 was a hard year for you, Alex. <laughs> it was a hard <laughs> thing. <laughs> So basically, I'm talking about video, video. So, like, see, when finally, I know we're coming out talking about later, when Rock finally wins at Mania, a clean win over Hogan. Oh, I was, was like a picking shite. I was a happy person in the flag, because he finally won at Mania. It's quite a People seem to forget, he lost three WrestleMania main events in a row. Well, technically, he lost four WrestleManias in a row. You're right, three main events, but then he lost to Shamrock, and then he was reversed, because he wouldn't like Yeah, but he beat. 
the Sultan. Sultan. Yes, and that that oh, is yeah, a victory in itself. The Sultan, who was so shamed, he put on a thong and started dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about the like the lineman of events as well. That episode when Vince came back. Oh, that is, that's a brilliant moment that as, as much as we dislike the McMahon see when Vince comes back yeah. and he's been away for a while he always gets a pop and mm-hmm. Linda as well when she came back <laughs> he always knew something <laughs> Linda and Vince McMahon go to the same barber though I'm utterly convinced she, get, that. <laughs> she gets one of the best pops in Wrestlemania with it oh, yeah. 17 oh, when she gets oh, off yeah. the chair <laughs> <laughs> like when the woman standing up and it's just like ah. <laughs> you say like when Vince comes back it's like you know something's gonna happen your dad's him you fucked it now <laughs> We won't close you in by your full name, you know you're in deep shit. It leads to, um, obviously, the feud with Triple H. We've got the backlash match as well, that's in return. This is yeah. this it's backlash main event, because we're just going to skip all the main event, because I think we all agreed it was yeah, pish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't even think I've ever seen it. I've just seen the end. I'm not really missing it on my show. The backlash? No, no, no. no, no yeah, I've seen yeah, back the main event. See, uh, we'll talk about it in a minute, when Kurt Angle beat The Rock, I was raging, and my mum, again, being the saint of a woman she has went doing a global video, which is a blast for the past. <laughs> Go, goes to global video and buys me Judgment Day 2000 and WrestleMania 2000 to cheer me up. And The Rock loses the two Triple H in both of the main events in their favour. I think this is when she just eventually gave up and went, Ross, it's not right. Is that right. why you hate the Undertaker? <laughs> <laughs> There's a bit, a backlash right at the start. It's, to me, it encompasses how cool The Rock was at this time. When he's standing on the turnbuckle and he's looking down at Triple H, and Trouble H looking up at him and they see the lights going behind them like the, mm. the flash cameras and oh, it just looks so cool right. so good they actually replicated that in the intro to No Mercy and then yeah. as well yeah the, that's something as well to see the attitude yeah, see when just, something massive happens and it's like the billion cameras I miss that that is, that's, that's, that's so, that is so good yeah. that and throwing trash in the ring at the end of it <laughs> right. it's like a rite of passage throw your look as they boat ah yes man in those days you could throw a ball at somebody's face <laughs> Now you just get a referee jumping the barrier and trying to punch it. There's a bit actually see when Mankind wins the title. Somebody throws a cup in the ring to try to stop the pin and it says the referee's hand goes up so he actually backhandles it back in the ring. It's one of those... What? Swish! It's like one of those... Uh, it's one of those ones Jim Cornette always talks about. He goes, wrestling is not funny when it's planned to be funny. Wrestling when it's not meant to be funny is yeah. hilarious. Yeah. And this, this is one of those just... What the fuck was that? <laughs> you talked about uh, Rock and Triple H. Like Kwaku and Kennedy and Undertaker. Oh god, don't get me started again. Sorry, <laughs> Scott. So, but Rock and Triple H, like, in 99, Triple H was a stop start and the Rock was all these, all these mid reviews, but they were still over in their respective roles, so they were right there and ready for something like Austin having to go away. Like, that's why it's always, like you said, important to build up new people, so when somebody else goes away, you've got someone else there, like, some people complained about Roman when he when he left, like as sad as it was. People were like, well, "Who else have we got then?" Because we like we kind of fed everyone to Roman. As much as much as we talk, <laughs> obviously we said we're we're talking about as much as obviously we're talking about the Rock, the Steve Austin involvement in this, the chair shot to poor parts in the oh, disco. Oh. <laughs> Those men were in their sixties at the time. Was that, was that not the... No, no, it was Unforgiven the year before when the refs were out because of the strike. Oh, uh, <laughs> and he's literally just swinging for them all. Tim White gets one right in the napper. Oh. Oh, Teddy Long is going well. There's one as well. It's something... You, you didn't notice at the time. and it's, You kind of end up hating JR a wee bit for it. It's... Uh, 
he's homophobic comments about no. Pat Patterson. There's a cage match and he's trying to get the rock pulled down from the cage. He goes, Patterson pulling rock off, I bet he's enjoying that. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, he's... Sometimes some of the stuff in the actual era makes you cringe. Like certain yeah, chair no, shots no, to the head, homophobia and sexism. It's like, yeah, it's a good thing we banned the three of these things for wrestling. <laughs> so then we had the... We went from Backlash, which should have been the WrestleMania main event, mm-hmm. which was incredible, to... A brilliant, the best 60 minute Iron Man match yeah, in my opinion. Boy. I think this is better than Sean and Brett. Sean and Brett's the hipster oh, yeah, one, yeah, I think. Sean, yeah. Mm. And and no, the yeah, no, no falls is boring. Yeah, this is a good so much exciting. <clears throat> up to the finish when Taker comes out. Yeah, Taker comes out and ruins it. Obviously, you've got Sean Michaels and <laughs> short shots, as we mentioned earlier. <laughs> There's two Just really a sexy good. boy. <laughs> Not anymore. He was middle aged at that point, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Anyhow. And then we lead on a King of the Ring, which is again another Attitude Era. If you could book an Attitude Era yeah. match, this would be it. It's my favourite match of all time. It's Rock, oh. Kane, and Undertaker as a team against the McMahon Helmsley faction. And if MD pins, if anyone pins a member of the McMahon Helmsley faction, they become the WWE champion. Rock pins Vince McMahon for the WWE title. It's got the greatest chokeslam ever, Taker and Shane. Oh, oh, that's oh, oh yeah. that, that was the one that you could do it at the SmackDown game that yeah, year. That was always in my moveset. Tell me if you're throwing a Kane reference in here, but the moment where Kane chokeslams Rock because he's he wants the title, then Triple H thinks he's gonna help him, he gives him a thumbs up, and Kane just picks him up and tombstones him. Just <laughs> like the figure to like ah, you and me, man, and just like oh shit. <laughs> Before we go to the break, I'll, I'll just quickly mention my favourite commentary call in this match. It's when Undertaker pushes. King at the way to get the chair <coughs> and scalps Kane with it and he goes Undertaker just stole your chair he didn't steal it I gave it to him <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're going to take a quick break now uh, and when we come back we're going to talk about The Rock's longest WWE title run same thing his longest WWE title run was three months we're going to talk about classic feuds with Chris Benoit Kurt Angle and the I did it for The Rock <laughs> but before that here's <laughs> <laughs> And when we try to put back Kwaku back together as I've just broken, here's The Rock running down the other five men in the Hell in a Cell match at Armageddon 2000, along with the ugly hermaphrodite Kevin Kelly, as he calls him. We'll see you in a minute. This is Dickie Divers, and you're listening to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, and Tweet. Rock, we are less than a week away from one of the biggest challenges of your career competing for the WWE title in a match you've never competed in before. A Hell in a Cell match where you and five other men Finally, The Rock has come back to New Jersey. Just as sure as for the very first time, Kevin Kelly, The Rock, stood right in this arena and called you an ugly hermaphrodite. Is as sure as this Sunday night at Armageddon, The Rock will be in hell in a cell. This is going to be the most brutal match The Rock has ever been in. The dangerousest match The Rock has ever been in. The hell in a cell. And it doesn't matter, Kevin Kelly, what you call it. Whether it's called a hell in a cell, a rage in a cage, penis in Uranus, the only thing that matters is that The Rock is going in this Sunday night to do exactly what he does best, lay it the smack it down, and get back The Rock's WWE title.
And the fact of the matter is this, is that The Rock knows this Sunday night, he has his work cut out for him. The Rock knows he's got five other guys he's got to compete with. And even if The Rock has got to beat Kurt Angle, which means I'm going to drink a big glass of milk, eat some chocolate chip cookies, and then maybe I'll take three Viagra. Or maybe The Rock is going to face Rikishi. Beat Rikishi. I did it for The Rock. I did it for the people. I did it. I did, uh, shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty. Or maybe even The Rock has got to beat The Undertaker, the American badass. Beat him so bad that one more time he'll raise up. Rest in peace. Or maybe The Rock has got to beat Triple H himself, which means uh, he's got to beat the game uh, in the middle of the ring. Uh, and he has a $2 s for a wife. Or maybe The Rock has got a beat. Stone Cold Steve Austin, which means I gotta get in my I gotta get in my pickup truck, drink some Steve Weisers, listen to some Backstreet Boys. And that's the bottom line, cause the great one said so. And one more thing. This Sunday night at Armageddon, The Rock is gonna do all he can to win the WWE title. If you smell what The Rock is cooking. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet with the most handsome man in Scottish entertainment, the Sam Barber Experience. Relax. If you smell what The Rock is cooking. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweets. And welcome back to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Thanks very much to Dickie Divers there for that soundbite. You can listen to his interview now on our Anchor Spotify and iTunes account, please leave a media rating. We are at Suplex Retweet on all of them. That's also our social media handles, so if you want to tweet us, Facebook is, Instagram is, just have a wee chat. We're here. Speak to us. <laughs> We're not agony, uncle for that. We are here for anyone that needs us. You just want to chat about wrestling, that's fine. Fair What's enough. your favourite restaurant? Tell me what you had for them. <laughs> but anyway, moving back on to what we're actually talking about. We are here talking about the most electrifying man in all of entertainment. We are talking about The Rock from 1998 to 2002. I am joined by Scott McLeod, Nathan Fisher, Andy Mitchell, Stevie Wilson, Alan McLucas and Kwaku Aji. Don't say fucking hi back, you shower the bastards. You never, address, you never address me properly. I'm not saying hi back. Fuck's We are here with the new Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet Champion, Stephen Wilson. And you all thought that him getting a bit would have made a better fit. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to thank my associate, David Campbell. Thank you. <laughs> At least he earned it. Oh. oh. Sorry, before we go in. 
It's getting dark in here where all the shade has been thrown. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. So. Motherfucker, how many pounds have you won? I make my own decisions. I don't ask somebody else. Yes, I made my decision. I picked a good expert. Carry on, Ross. Hey, I'm just trying to finish a wee Haribo here. I thought you would be arguing longer there, but anyway. <laughs> so The Rock wins the WWE title at King of the Ring 2000, and this begins his July to October run with the title. This is when I first properly started watching wrestling. This is why I love this title, and while I love The Rock as well, because he's the he was the guy, he was the champion, and that was the belt he held. And his first feud, his first proper feud I can remember for the WWE title was against Chris Benoit. And this is the sort of matches, unfortunately, we can show them on the network freely, obviously, because of the circumstances. But this is when Rock sort of started having matches with people that were technically sound. You know, this is when the likes of Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, the likes were coming over, Chris Jericho were coming over from WCW. And this this feud as well, Shane McMahon's new guy, it's like sort of reminiscent when Aria Duvare, uh, sorry, Sean Devari hated The Undertaker and hired everyone to let take him out. This uh, this was Shane McMahon's new guy and it was Chris Benoit. Fully loaded 2000, did anybody get any memories of this? Yeah, I remember when it was like the rock, rock bombed uh, Benoit on a car and I was like, just pretty <laughs> brutal, I just remember that. It's so weird. He had that weird dream with that belt, he said it being his longest dream where he had that feud with Benoit, which like he said technically sound and good looking back at it, but for some people who were probably watching it at the time, <laughs> if you were watching it at the time, probably Benoit didn't probably scheme to them main event because he was always perceived as the technical, the smaller guy. Then he goes into a triple threat match where he's not even the focus, Stephanie, Triple H and Angler, and then he's in a clusterfuck uh, four way, which ends I've not heard that phrase in ages, clusterfuck. <laughs> Carry on, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> It's Quacko's bamboozled by the... the I know Lars. <laughs> Sorry. You like, you know, whenever I use a, a slightly bigger word, like, oh, you use your university language. What? What's that? Because I said, because. <laughs> <laughs> right, these in a four-way, which kind of, they emulate the same finish and that much that they do with Benwell, where Benwell wins the title by various means, like... We're, we're kind of going in order here, Scott. So, you kind of jumped ahead. Well, excuse me, I'll keep my mouth shut then. <laughs> Right, Nathan, your thoughts on the your thoughts on the Ben Wolfield? Fairly loaded to th- uh, start again. Fairly loaded at two thousand was uh, <laughs> a bit of a bit of a sweet one for me for me because it was on it was on channel four. I remember I asked parents to record it and the recording failed. So oh. I didn't actually get a chance to see this one. Uh, I've actually not seen, seen this match before, uh Fairly Loaded one, so I'm gonna have to pass on this one, I'm afraid. This is this is you refuse to watch it since just because it reminds you of that heartache. <laughs> See, this is, where, this is where the children of today don't realise how lucky they are. If the recording fails, you, Bloody can go, VCRs. you can go into catch-up or you can stream it online. No, he had one chance. One chance on Morgan Wallace. Your backup was you prayed a pal take to Aye. and you could borrow it. I, my, my dear, dear grandfather always recorded pay-per-views no matter what because I think he knew like when I was coming in uh, after school and I think he knew He's not going to come down here if we've no tape the wrestling. So it'd be like, we're going, my mum, we're going to see your nana and papa walk in. There's your tape. Thank you. I'm way upstairs to watch this. <laughs> a five-hour visit with my nana and granddad. I'm sitting watching wrestling for four and a half of it. <laughs> so, Stephen, your thoughts on the, the Benoit feud? It's one that's kind of, I think it's kind of overshadowed for a lot of things that's happened. And obviously with the things that came after it. Because was this not right before the, the triple threat where you go in SummerSlam? Yep. It's a fantastic match, don't be telling why. So it kind of gets overshadowed from that way. So, but it's 
obviously. Yeah, I remember watching it when it happened, uh, good old Channel 4 days. But uh, it, was, it was only the one match they did, didn't they? I can't yeah. really remember much else happening. Yeah, he, he floated about the, the scene, but he also had feuds with Jericho as well in between. Yeah. This but I always remember the ending. Am I right to spoil the ending? Yeah, when it's like uh, you think. <laughs> Sorry, Nathan. Uh, yeah, when it's like you think Ben was won the title, and then Mick Foley comes out, and I can't. What, what did he do for it? Oh, to... that's the that's the one I gave Scott in trouble for talking about. That's uh, Unforgiven 2000. Is that one for... well, no, 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 as well at this point, and obviously seeing with Ben Vark and over, over like this one as well. Uh, so we talked about uh, obviously his next feud is Kurt Angle, and this is the sort of people slate the Rock for stealing the Miz's moment. It was Rock Cena when Miz featured as the WWE Champion. Rock was sort of in this role here. It was Stephanie in Triple H's corner, but she kind of had eyes for Kurt Angle, and Kurt Angle was like a creepy sleaze ball. <laughs> trying to slide into the DMs as it was at the time. Try, <laughs> try Pager, that's what they did back then. <laughs> and uh, this, to show how overshadowed Rock is, this match starts five minutes before The Rock gets in the ring. Kurt Angle and Triple H brawl, and then when they're both down, The Rock eventually comes out. That uh, uh, famous bit clip that was used in the Don't Try This At Home old package where Triple H goes to the pedigree and the table collapses under before he can even get up. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird, it's a great main event but it's also a really really weird feud it's like the rock's just an afterthought it's like mm. even though he's the champ it's like the story is about him it's about triple h and Kurt Angle. this is actually around about the time stephanie mcmahon took over creative so you can actually see the yeah. see the mcmahon ego starting to drip into storylines at this point yeah totally weird probably a one yeah totally weird there's not really much more so also uh, the time. I bought analysis from Alan. I know. <laughs> 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 That's what I was getting said. Oh, it's fine. Don't make yourself the Paul Merson of ESSR. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was just sitting there thinking. That's like more Charlie. I have Moon no idea what you're talking about. Aye, we're talking about Super Sunday. <laughs> I'm I'm like Chris Rainer's back. I'm going to be around the time where Triple H and Stephanie began their relationship as well. Since yes. Going, well, you know what, Steve? I think we could uh, do this bit. Just <laughs> pass the sign. Well, I see the hummus spanking. You know that rocks, uh, Triple H like in rock fashion since Triple H forever was now incapable of wearing anything other than denim. Uh, the double denim king, the Canadian tuxedo kid. <laughs> I love a bit of double denim. I'm not just like I love a denim jacket, me. But um, obviously, Rock goes on to continue his feud with Angle. We talked about the Unforgiven main event where once again Benoit gets screwed although Undertaker's foot's on the rope for like the two and the three count so it's not exactly a screw job um, he loses the title to Angle because of interference from the thong wearing fatty that is <laughs> that is Rikishi he what comes, was the reason he done it for again? he did it for the rock <laughs> he did it for the people because they're sort of I sound like Ugandan knuckles I don't sound like Rikishi <laughs> I did it to know the way. He didn't know the way. He didn't know the way, so he went the wrong way and ended up running into Austin. So he's not been a neck brace as well. Yeah, it was well. He just looks so stupid. It was those stupid big patches and plasters that just looked like those migraine patches you get. 
and his arm bandaged up. That's he, right as well. Because this was, like, we talked about Austin refusing to work with people, refused to give Rikishi a proper food. But I just want to quickly say as well, before that match, the uh, the Rock and, and Kurt Angle, it was like Kurt Angle had a, a video package where he's uh, interviewing The Rock, and it's so, so funny, where it's just like, different, <laughs> different footage from different things, and then The Rock's drink goes, yeah, Rock, drink up. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it starts a weird feud with Rikishi after Kurt Angle. This is, yet again, like, it, it's not exactly a great match, but it's like Rock carrying a feud with his promos once again. Just look, you're starting to hurt my feelings with these fat comments, and Rock continues another 10 minute promo filled with fat jokes. <laughs> so, obviously, we, we did the promo at the break with the Armageddon, where he runs down, he calls. He says, Triple H is a $2 whore for a wife. He says, Rikishi's a thong wearing fatty. Austin listens to Backstreet Boys, I don't see the problem with that. Uh, we listen to the Dave's. Uh, Dave's house party, which you can find on our Twitter page. <laughs> you can't find this video, but we were belting out, I want it that way. At four in the morning, uh, four it was fabulous. Uh-huh. Dave wanted to kick us out at two in the morning, the main event started at 2.40. <laughs> Dave, tell me why. You had, uh, <laughs> the Undertaker will rise up, and Kurt Angle's going to drink a big glass of milk before Viagra. <laughs> This, again, the Rock run up at this point just kind of floated about again. He was always there or thereabouts, and it was his promos that kept mm-hmm. him going. He's just, I, I keep saying it, he's, he's, I feel like uh, Jim White talking about Brian Lowe, but why are you so good, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember reading that thing about it, like, the Rock was ready to get booted when he was still as Rocky Maivia, mm-hmm. and he begged Vince, just give me one chance, let me do one thing mm-hmm. off script, if it does not work, I'll go. Mm-hmm. And that's why he needed people's champion. See, and that was a stopping bouncing network ever here in my script. But I thought he did do what he needed. Yeah, it was him and uh, was it Brian Gort? 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 Yeah. I know yeah. that's amazing. I bet mean, he's the only guy who could probably go in and rap battle and wipe the four men in and dump a three super ball. Very good. <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised. That's like one of those primary school arguments. Who would win a fight? Goku or Superman? Yeah. Superman also. <laughs> I think this is more through to like, a show about the Rock coming in, but knowing that thing I told you about the Rock joining the nation, should I say that here? Or where uh, I think Bruce Pritchard tells on his podcast that it was Vince Russo was in charge when The Rock came back for injury and joined the nation. He was, was him in charge, find something for this guy to do. And Russo had nothing. And Pritchard goes, why don't you have him join the nation? And Nathan's laughing, he knows what I'm going to say. And uh, Russo apparently went, I can't have him join the nation. Why not? He's not black. <laughs> I think he's half black, that's the more you. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Vince Russo grasps the context that much like with white people and black people, there are people with different skin tones. Big risk <laughs> seeing the Russo, you've got no idea how to do with this guy going to Russo and saying that, God, that could have ended up. Is that done just after the nation had like Crush? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. 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 Become a, they Samuel became Samuel like an all, yeah. black, uh, all black rights movement thing. Mm-hmm. And the best thing Rock did though in that promo was he made sure it wasn't a race thing to mm-hmm. make sure he was still appealed to it. It's not a white thing, it's not a black thing, it's the Rock kicking your ass thing. Yeah. But uh, moving back on, obviously, he wins the WWE title back at No Mercy 2000. Uh, sorry, No Way Out 2001. 
I'm thinking of that, thinking of that video game after you mentioned it. <laughs> no Way Out 2001, he beats Kurt Angle again. A great match that we a botched finish. Mm-hmm. Because Hebner refuses to count the three. The thing is, like, Big Show just comes out randomly, double chops now. I forgot about that, by the way. I watched it recently. I'm just sitting watching it and it pans up and I'm like, oh, the, there's no sound. This must have been when they did like an advert or something like that. And they just do, Where? Well, it's <laughs> the, the big slow. <laughs> Another great rock promo. Yeah. Right. Like, rock. Uh, you can tell how pissed off he is when he goes just to redo the finish because like you're looking at him and like count this one. Uh, count the three, motherfucker. Oh, it's a brutal <laughs> second rock bottom. Just, yeah. just like, yeah. drives him through the mat. And, yeah. you, and you feel bad for Angle. I mean, look at the video. Like it's kind of obvious. Like yeah, Austin's at me. Yeah, we got this big stadium. You're not going to WrestleMania, mate. Yeah. The Rock even says your days of being happy are coming to an end. Like it's a bit harsh, isn't it? <laughs> so obviously, Stone Cold won the Royal Rumble. I- my favourite Royal Rumble, 2001 Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You've got Kane's dominance, too much to the light of Scott. You've got the hardcore battle royal that breaks out in between it. You've got the likes of Undertaker, a random Haku return. <laughs> Billy Gunn oh, in the yeah. final four, getting his due. I mean, you're forgetting one thing. Well, Drew Carey. <laughs> 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 in a taxi segment early night says, yeah, I don't really wa- I haven't really watched this in the last couple of years. Like, then why are you on it then? Right, to promote his pay-per-view. Yeah, promote all-star comedy pay-per-view. I remember, I think it was Adu, of course, reviewing it like, for a guy who's promoting improv comedy, he's surprisingly unfunny, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's not exactly what you think in his feet. <laughs> and we get Rock Austin 2. This this is the match everyone talks yeah. about how good this pay-per-view is. When Nathan was saying about the you know the cameras, this is the moment I always remember, yeah. it's just when they're coming down that massive ramp and you just see all the, the, the flashes of the cameras. Yeah, it's, it's still probably... The greatest video package I think. Oh, yeah. 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 Check out my melody. It's so good. I, I still watch that. It's still yeah, annoying. I, see when you watch it back and you, you realise, because it's the bit, they kind of telegraph it. Austin goes like that. I need to beat you up <clears> with all due respect. And you, Alan, you know, you know, you see it when you watch it back. It's like, oh God, it, it was planned the whole time. Yeah, I know. Right, I don't like this match because he lost. Right? I don't care what it was. I don't care what it was. <laughs> But yeah, I totally get what you mean. And plus, did you also ever notice when Rock was doing pros, you could tell when he was going to win the match before he that? Because he always said, Rock, guaranteed TC, we never said it, he never won look back. He never won a pay-per-view match unless he said it. See, there's one Gandan T's used, but it's not it's not by him, it's by Vince McMahon. Aye. He if, does it at WrestleMania 2000. Aye, unless he said it, that's how he knew it, and that's when I get to the point where, no, buying that pay-per-view, he's <laughs> <laughs> Mind blown. <laughs> but you can tell Austin's a lot more aggressive in that match. Yeah. And oh, a funny yeah, story. Yeah. Came, sorry. I'll carry on. Funny story, I think it came for Austin. Apparently Austin's brother was very much um, kind of a mark. He believes there was still it was still real, and he was apparently sat next to the Rock's mum and ringside, and he was talking trash to her so much that so Austin had to apologise to the Rock's mum. <laughs> the Rock's mum, even when she's with Nia Jax, is still yeah. classed as Rock's mum. Yeah, <laughs> I know she was a promoter in her own right. Her husband's a Hall of Famer. Her father's a Hall of Famer. She, she must have, must be in a Hall of Fame soon. She must be. She can go she the sells it. She's everywhere on the product. Aye, she, she is, I, I wind Scott up to no end because every time we watch a pay per view together, it's uh, Scott, The Rock's mum's in the crowd, Rossi's no showing up. No, but Scott, imagine he did. <laughs> imagine he showed up in this match. Well, this is a women's five on five match, Rock's not going to show up. <laughs> I know that. Have you seen the tweet recently somebody put up going, 
when you see this picture and you finally realise that Nia Jax and Tamina aren't the same person. Oh, <laughs> eyes. There, there's an article, it's actually... Don't, a, don't get started on Tamina. <laughs> uh, there's an article on Kayfabe News and it's like, confused fan delighted to find out Nia Jax and Tamina aren't the same person. <laughs> I don't really watch the product, but sometimes I'm like, I didn't realise there were two different people. Oh, no, yeah, there's a big difference. Nia Jax. <laughs> Nia Jax has made one mistake recently. You know. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Did we see Tamina recently? She looks like Jimmy Snooker now. Fuck's sake. <laughs> they, made a real, they made a real mistake when she came out. When Michael, when she came out for Raw for the Spicers team, Michael Cole said, and I don't think he thought this through, or whoever gave them the line didn't think this through, you talk about killer instinct. <laughs> for fuck's sake. So, moving swiftly <laughs> back on the subject. The family treat that. And bring us back home. This is, it's not the match of the night because TLC has that honour for us May 17th, but... It's a pretty damn good match to close yeah. with possibly the best pay-per-view ever. It's pretty brutal and it's like there's just blood and everything and you know it's just the end of the match is the biggest like thing but you understand why they've done it but it was just really like the promo beforehand and the, the entrances and you know the match itself. Austin bring out the uh, million dollar uh, slipper home. Yes. Oh yeah, million dollar dream, yeah. yeah. I, the, do you know what is very well? It's when they purchase <coughs> the match. The following is your main event, and it's now no disqualification, yeah, and you just hear JR yeah. and Paul Heyman go, When the hell did this get announced? Yeah. And that's when you know, oh fuck, something's going yeah. down. Yeah. Big, big match for you, obviously, they show both guys before it as well, and apart from Rock's mum, a very anti rock crowd. Yeah. Well, they're well, in Texas, wasn't yeah. it? So. Yeah. Yeah, somebody always. I take the tunnels in Texas. I've seen this comparison before. Oh, The Rock was always the other guy, right? You've put The Rock in an unwinnable situation. You've mm-hmm. put him. And Texas against Steve Austin, and then try to turn Austin heel, mm. and then an Hulk Hogan's return match in Canada, which is a massive Hogan like mm. stronghold. You've put him against Hogan, like I, I don't see the argument. The Rock's the other guy. Put him in any other crowd, it's 50-50. That's what yeah. I was going to say. If it would have been in Miami, it would have been like the exactly the same. But for the Rock, yeah, everyone would just it's, yeah, yeah. 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 that's why they had that match. It's just an idiotic comparison. Like The Rock was the other guy. No, not really. Because there is, obviously, you say it's an anti rock crowd. Mm-hmm. There's still a massive pop for them. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. But yeah, there's a match develops. Yeah. Just as the rock gets put offence and the booze come raining down. Yeah, because obviously, as Texas. Mm-hmm. Like, and they make. Like, Austin. Does not Austin not come out with, like, a, a Texas flag on his skull? As well. I think he's got. I think I'm right. He's, he's either got his trunks or his vest and he's, like, proper protest. Because yeah. he's going in. As the face, he's typical Austin, he's the attitude era style Austin. He also kind of replayed the Brett Austin sharpshooter spot as well. Mm-hmm. It's kind of obviously amplified the cheers for the hometown boy. I, I forgot as well the, the flat end in this match. Yeah, it's I just, know, yeah. it, it's a bit, you, you think at least just hit one more stunner. Mm-hmm. Like, but it was eventually just the, the chairs yeah. to the ribs, and eventually Rock gives up. It's like, it's just flat. The thing is though, it's like he started that at the Royal Rumble, was that so he won with a chair? Yeah. And it's kinda of like it was kinda of telegraphed beforehand that he was so it's kinda of the story within by does it but <laughs> And in typical Triple H fashion, in a dominant stone cold Steve Austin run, only one person beats him and it's Triple H and he pins him fucking twice in a two out of three falls <laughs> match. I think it was just the appease Triple H because he was very annoyed apparently that he wasn't in the main event. Well, apparently a lot of them, well, like Carangle and Jericho and Benoit were all annoyed. Well, I think it's because everybody was built so well that there's only so many spots, so you're going to annoy somebody. Plus it's The Rock and Austin, like, 
Yeah, it's it's too, big for us, uh, exactly, as much as you could say, oh, this one was a better rip. It's rotten Austin, that's what you need yeah. to say. Like, they, that's yeah. rock, that's Austin, you're not. Yeah. Move on. This just goes to how good they were that people will forget unless you watch the video package that Deborah was a part of this. Oh, for fuck's sake, yeah, Deborah is the rock manager. But <laughs> uh, he goes on a wee Hollywood hiatus after this to film The Mummy and I think Scorpion King as well. Oscar winning films. No, just the mummy, I think he does. Is it just the mummy? Yeah, it's just the mummy. He was away that long for that movie. <laughs> Haku Masente! And that's it. That's all he says well, in that they film. They did enough for the CGI, I remember. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. That's like PlayStation 1 graphics. But uh, he returns... It was the early 2000s. <laughs> no excuse for it. So he returns, he sides with Team WWF during the Alliance angle. It's that. it's sort of... It's a great promo, but it is sort of a missed opportunity. Like, what would have been the storyline if it was just Austin still as heel? How good would this have been? Mm-hmm. Let the Rocks come back. We could have built it to the next WrestleMania, but obviously the closure of WCW, we've got the Alliance, and I think Vince McMahon get his dream. He managed to make Rock and Steve Austin champion at the same yeah, time. It's true, yeah. <laughs> so he's during this time we've got some first time ever historic matches. <laughs> we got his feud with Jericho for the WCW title. This again, such an underrated feud. This it's actually. so good, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's, 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 I think it's Jericho's coming out. Obviously, had the. The year before, he was obviously really popular on that. Uh, and then the year when he was with Jay Benoit. But this was him showing pu- he was a main event player. Going toe to toe with The Rock and coming at level playing field most of the time. We spoke on Nathan's uh, hardcore title show. He had matches with RVD for the mm-hmm. hardcore title. Really, really underrated matches. And he also <laughs> he had a feud with Booker T. Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> Alan, if you, do you realise this is the reason Stein didn't join WWF? I was going to say yes, that, yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> he said, what was it he said? He's like, who, who the hell are you? Who yeah. in the blue hell are you? And that was it, and Stein just like, no, I got off the DNA. <laughs> I think, as well, that's, that's a really silly reason. He did it to people who were in WWE for like years at a time. Right. He, did, he used to do it to like, the Did you imagine if Stein did come up at that time? Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez. Oh. Is Alan available then? He'd have probably got the Dallas Page treatment. <laughs> Well, The Rock did it to, we forget, did it to Trish Jericho in his debut. Yeah. yeah. It's still regarded one of the best debuts of all time. Mm. Yeah. Another classic Rock promo which he gets chewed out for at backstage because Stephanie McMahon was meant to cut him off. He said, Shane McMahon and uh, Booker T and Shane McMahon, the five time sucker and the silver spoon mother. And at this point, Stephanie's meant to cut him off and her mic didn't go on. So he says the F word, and then we get Rock, Rock, don't you dare, don't you dare! And it's Chris Jericho that describes it as poor Rock at the height of his popularity is getting chewed out in front of everyone by Vince McMahon. Why did you say Mother F on air? Why did you say Mother F on air? I think it gets into going Jericho. I mean, I've read Jericho's books and he talks so highly about the Rock and how great chemistry that and how he calls the Rock his favourite opponent. Although, one thing I will say for the No Mercy match, Jericho should not have been using essentially what was the Skull Christian finale the beta, because they, yeah, he, like, he leans yeah. too far back and just looks like his opponents flop forward, especially when That's RVD it. takes it at. Because yeah, RVD tries to full flop forward like he would when he took a D. <coughs> I forgot about that. And he's yeah. looking crumpled. So he also had some other first time matches in this time. He had a first time match with Sean Stasiak, and he's oh, always on this classic. show. Classic. Fuck Sean Stasiak. <laughs> Again, no, he's still not followed me. I, I blocked him. I don't want him following me now. Yeah. He follows me. <laughs> what? Sean Stacey. Yeah, Sean Stacey, I think. He followed the podcast. He followed the podcast, and I think he followed about five years. And then one day I just got a. Don't think we'll be following after this. I don't want him following. <laughs> I just get a wee notification. It's like, 
uh, five people followed you this week and one person unfollowed you. I'm like, oh, it'll be like a, a Twitter bot or something like that. Like, Dr. Sean Stasiak unfollowed you. Like, what have I done to you? I found me. He figured out that you were a rock fan and he, he remembers that much. Yes. Although the best thing about Stasiak still in the invasion was when Angle comes out in the milk truck and Stasiak goes out to the <laughs> <laughs> He's at the front of the van with the milk. Like, and he just goes, Stasiak's like, it's from me to Alan. And just like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> the best thing though is rock, Rock's getting a promo before you still see the time. Actually, went, can you feel it? Can you hear it? Hear what? And then you like you hear off to his ah! And he's well, just kind of moves it the way it's John says like running at him, just runs into the wall. <laughs> it's it's Rotten Regal into it. They're they're hiding, oh, each Regal, right? they're hiding each other up, and they both at the same time just take a step back as Stasiak runs into them and hits those shells. <laughs> and it's the I love how they always keep like metal poles about when somebody hits a shell, just so you hear the. <laughs> well, the fact they moved is because he yelled at them from like a few feet. Away. Just imagine the Monty Python run up. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's not exactly the element of surprise when you. Yell, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna punch you. Why did you duck? Because you said you were gonna punch me. So right before, obviously, before we talk about the five on five and move on to our <laughs> final point, uh, I'll just go around the panel and get any. Any favourite rock moments from the Alliance, Alan? Oh, probably when he came down to the big champion. Just to kind of stick it to him. Yeah. The, the, top, the top guy just went and took your title. See, the thing, I defend this all the time because the WCW title, as Rock said in another classic promo, it's like Shane McMahon's sister, everyone's had a turn. <laughs> <laughs> and. The final WC in the final WCW title lineage, you have Booker T, Kurt Angle, Booker T, Rock, Jericho, Rock, Jericho. I think that's a lot better than the guy for Scream. Yeah, <laughs> which was just the year before as well. well the guy for Scream and Vince Russo. In all fairness, to the racket, you must see him after that death match. Uh, fair play. Oh, fair play. Uh, that is a fair play one. So, Stephen, any favourite rock matches or promos from the Alliance angle? Going to be his feud with Jericho, I just think it was stellar from both of them. It was kind of like that secondary feud, I think, that he did to help boost it. See, uh, to me, it's sort of like the Christian Autumn feud, mm. where it was just under CM Punk Cena. But it was better. And it was better, better in ring wise. Like, you know, Austin was the top draw, and Punk had their feuds above the other two, but. You look back, like, these feuds were so good. And it was it? Yeah, the Jericho feud was amazing. But I, my favourite moment was probably when he came back. Just uh, you standing next to the Rocky Balboa uh, statue. Mm. Just I, I just remember that. It's really <laughs> iconic. I love when they sent a thing. We uh, it's it's Philadelphia, and they've sent a limo to the airport, and the limo comes back. It's Howard Finkel. They're both fighting to get into the limo, and it's Howard Finkel that. Uh, I couldn't find the rock. Oh, there's another one with the canyon, and he goes, "Hey, what a reception!" And they all just go, oh, "For fuck's sake, and leave." And you just see Rock randomly walking the streets. Like Rock's went, "I'm not wait. I'll walk. Rock, it's ten miles. I'll fucking walk. Look at me. I'm built for this." Nathan, any favourite? I liked how he came back. Very. He still. It was still obviously the same Rock, but kind of different. Sort of kind of different look. How he lost. He lost about 15, 20 pounds. Obviously, he's still obviously total bill. And they had kind of different hairstyle as well, but still obviously the rock we knew from the year before. Um, as I mentioned, the hardcore show, the RVD match as well. Um, obviously, RVD had just came in from ECW, and I think that match helped show that he was a player in WWE, or could, could later on become a player. Okay. Well, like you said, I defend kind of the rock when they do see the because he can hold that belt and he can kind of be like the locker room leader now that Austin's defended. He beat their top guys, went over to the other side, now he's kind of. Trying to be the leader, and he led them into Fire Studios. And 
It's weird as it is to see the Rock and Stone Cold singing each other. The bit at the end of that segment where they're randomly singing to each other. And does the, by the way, the Rock will never forget and he hits the rock bottom. So, obviously, he eventually beats Stone Cold, much to the delight of me and Alan. Yeah. It's a Survival Series. And then we get the Icon versus Icon feud. Hulk Hogan versus The Rock. This, that again, it's, a, it's Rock being flung in to a hostile territory. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's such a good match. It's the it's the working with the crowd mm-hmm. to make The Rock mm-hmm. the heel now and make Hogan the face. They did so well in this match. Yeah, but the crowd, over the, the moment when The uh, Rock came out and faced them, on that raw, oh, oh yeah, was yeah. phenomenal. This is the moment he goes one more WrestleMania with, with the, the Rock. I love the video package for this because it's just with the Rock, 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 <laughs> and it just goes black and white. And that's when, when <laughs> it's when they used to go wide angle with the promos and they go black and white, and you're like, oh, that's when the shits went down. <laughs> I always love when we show somebody hitting their finisher on somebody or tagging somebody, and the moment they hit them, it looks sounds like they made that sound effect like a gunshot went off. Oh, so <laughs> true. Oh, man, I missed that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it shows it about four yeah. times, does So, uh, The Rock, Hulk Hogan, if you describe that, like, you mentioned the delight at Rock finally winning a match at Mania. Yeah, I, for me, I know it's controversial, but I will always have Rock over Austin. Every day I think The Rock surpassed Austin, and then you've got The Rock is the guy. I say to you, Stevie. <laughs> <laughs> so The Rock is the guy versus the guy of wrestling, the guy that everyone wanted to see, the guy revolutionised the wrestling worldwide, head to head. It was the stuff I dreamed of. You said it two years earlier, people were like, ah, we didn't know what to talk about. And you finally get that dream, and that dream rivalry. So, <laughs> Andy, sorry. Yeah, just, uh, I don't know, it's like, uh, Alan said it best. It's just, I don't know, we just, I'm on. I just remember when they're in the ring and then you could deal with the rest and just look at at the crowd. I just want to follow on from what uh, Steve was saying on that Raj, the quote where he's just like, you've headlined and WrestleMania, then Wrestle, uh, WrestleMania after WrestleMania, why don't you go one more WrestleMania with the run, he's right in his face. The crowd just yeah. go absolutely crazy. It's the greatest of all, who is the greatest yeah. of all time? Uh, it's the, good luck Rock, you're, not, you're going to need it. Not as much as you. But- Brother, yeah, and then hit him with a rock bottom. If he'd done well after you know winning that match after that car crash, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that was that was something back then. Yeah, vehicular homicide, but we'll we'll settle this. Look, wrestlers do in the ring. There was a lot of attempted murder. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's idea, yeah. There's a lot of attempted murder in this feud. He hits him in the back of the head with a hammer. He there's a group assault when the three of them beat the shit out of him backstage, and then there's. They also assault on a government vehicle because they attack an ambulance yeah. <laughs> and they try to run the ambulance off the road. See, see the thing about it though is, he does all that, he's willing to do all that to him in the match before, but yet on the night it's like, no guys, Aye. I'll face him one on one. Like, really? <laughs> you spent the last month trying to kill the man? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he just kills him out at the end, doesn't See, we have a moment to take the crowd in, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's the. Hold on, brother. August <laughs> probably think this is my time, Peter. Yeah, it's the bit yeah, well yeah. he goes to shake the rock's hand and rock should have done what any sane human being did was like no there's been three attempts in my life in the past month Lay on the fuck you, out. you can go fuck yourself you old bastard <laughs> <laughs> is it, how old was Hogan at the time was he fucking Hogan Hogan's got one of these faces he was born 15 grew in here have you ever seen Always Sunny in Philadelphia talking about Hulk Hogan it's <laughs> <laughs> Hulk Hogan, head of a Chinese samurai, skin of a hot dog. <laughs> Talk about on PC, eh? But I didn't say it. The, thought, the no, writers have always said it. No, it's cool. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about them, but you talk about in the promo he said about headline and all the rest of me. This 
didn't headline. I bet a lot of people who were there hoped it did. Yeah, that, that, that well. This is another one. It was Chris Jericho actually fought mm-hmm. for his match to go on before, mm-hmm. and it was Triple H and Vince that were like, "No, the WWE title match has to go on last." Something that apparently isn't a rule anymore. Unless yes. Triple H is in the WWE title match. It's the thing as well, WrestleMania 25, have, uh, Triple H and Randy Orton have to follow yeah. Taker yeah. and Michaels. It wasn't a bad match, but it was yeah. not that match. You know? Triple H's best WrestleMania matches are never the main event. Mm. Plus the storytelling Rock Austin, no, Rock Hogan was unbelievable. The fact they kept the double face turn and all that. It's, just, it's uh, incredible. Because the first time I could, in my life, I actually started booing the rock. I'm like, what the? Why am I booing here? Why am I booing the guy I want to win? Mm-hmm. And you're like, but it's just the way yeah. it's done. It's, it's expert. It's actually Cody Rhodes himself that says, ask anyone their favourite wrestling yeah, match. If it's not Rock Hogan, they don't get wrestling. <laughs> and he gets such heat for like all the all the purists. Like, it's not that great a match. He goes, it doesn't have to be. He went, we're still talking about it. He went, it's basic storytelling at its best. But, you know, we've still... We've still, we're still talking about it years later, it's still one of the greatest matches of all time. Sorry, as I dramatically take a selfie in the studio. <laughs> yes, yes. We, we were having a five second pose there, ladies and gentlemen, sorry for the delay. <laughs> That is a good idea for a show. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I want to do just a Christian show, that man doesn't get his due. Yes. He needs to be Hall of Famer. Yes. He needs to be Hall of Famer. If you don't open that show saying welcome to the peep show, you failed as a Christian <laughs> fan. What's that show? No. Did Dave said, I know, right? Peeps rip. Oh, God. Oh, no. Sorry, well, I wasn't listening. I was listening to you. Captain Charisma now. <laughs> Dave opened the show going, all right, peeps, let's do this. <laughs> that does not work for him. just as bad. <laughs> Keep on rolling. No, no, no. came back for after you know what time it is. <laughs> yeah, don't I've talked about this before, not on this show, but I've talked about it with other people before. About the whole, it should have been Austin, who, and that's a dream match that never happened. I think this is better than what Austin or Hogan would have ever been because at this stage, especially, Austin was not at his best. His neck injuries, all these other injuries were catching up to him. And Hogan is by no means a young man. Not that he was that good when he was a young man either. <laughs> but uh, The Rock was in his prime, and not that Hogan ever needs to be carried, but to this match is better than the fact that Hogan, who's getting a bit older, is going against someone in their prime, whereas Austin, who's got a number of Hogan, who's had a number of injuries. I don't think the crowd would have been still in it yet, but I don't think it would have been as good. Yeah, because yeah, like Rock and Hogan are the two most charismatic wrestlers arguably ever. Mm-hmm. And as great as Austin is, he's not charismatic mm-hmm. yeah. anyway. And one stunner and Hogan's knees are fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it, it just shows how Hogan's such a good mind games guy. Right. Where both him and Austin refuse to lose to each other and as soon as Rock Hogan announced he goes, I'll lose to the Rock. <laughs> just just a big ah fuck you. I'm surprised he didn't do the, the Ultimate Warrior pin he did at WrestleMania oh, 6. Yeah, but he kicked yeah. out just after three. He surprised when he went out there and everyone was cheering you can surprise he didn't let he just call another one around like, yeah I'm going over like, oh you fucking not <laughs> Like I remember at World War Three he's mega eliminated by Big Show in ninety five and mid match it changed the face to him getting pulled under the bottom rope and never actually being eliminated. So people's elbow it's the second people's elbow because there's the the amazing moment where he kicks out the people's elbow the first time and that's when he does the hulk up for the first time at WrestleMania in about 10 years or something like that, 9 years, the first WrestleMania match in 9 years and it's just, it's an amazing match so the feud ends with obviously Rock helping Hogan fight off the NWO and then the promo the next night where why he's still wearing NWO colours and he does the rip of the shirt and that was really it for Rock as a full time wrestler at this point 
and that's when he started his second Hollywood hiatus and the, much to the chagrin of me and Alan, he started coming around less and less like a dad who says he'd come back, he says he's going to come back but he never comes back. Do you know what format was he went to go and do though? Yeah, it was the Scorpion King and then the rundown, which is also called Welcome to the Jungle. Yes, good film. Yeah, good. That's good actually. Plus also, Big Arnie walks past and gives him sort of like the pass and talks to him as good luck. When did the Tooth Fairy come in? 2010. Yeah, this was a... Uh, I did my research in there. <laughs> yes! <laughs> this was uh, when he returned to wrestling and changed his uh, changed his agency. His agency wanted him at 2.30 and doing Disney song, uh, tunes and not doing wrestling anymore. And then he changed agents and they're like, you're The Rock, use use the wrestling background. Get jacked again, we'll put you in action films. You were doing quite well. Some of them were watchable. He's <laughs> agent from Glasgow as well. Like, do you know what his actual 30th birthday present was from his agent? They actually got a replica of Wallace's broadsword and had gave it to him and it sits in your mantelpiece Jesus. right now. It's an actual replica that's basically he's managed to get out of Stolen Castle, get out of Wade and everything. Everything's identical other than the fact that it wasn't Wallace's. That's what you gave him. So, what you're saying is the people of Glasgow need to apologise for the tooth thing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we apologise, ladies and gentlemen. Thank fucking my buddy. Fucking let me in for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> so the Hollywood hiatus starts and that's where we're going to wrap up this section of our rock show. We're going to, and our second show, we've not set a date for it, will be the Hollywood heel rock. Possibly the best rock. We'll start for when the crowd turned on him at SummerSlam 02 and we'll go all the way to WrestleMania 20. We'll go in depth with the rock concert, the rock, the Austin 3, when he eventually gets a win album. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But for now, we're going to say thanks to our panel, Scott McLeod. Thank you. Nathan Fisher. Thank you. Andy Mitchell. Cheers. Stephen Wilson. Thank you. Alan Lucas. And Quacky Adji is our EP. Thank you very much. So next week, we are going back to back to our Glasgow roots. We're going to talk again about ICW. We're going to have a fear and loathing show. And after the quiz, I don't think Stevie should be hosting it. But, you know, we'll, we'll give him a second chance. Stacey are in negotiations. Now I have the belt back, I feel I have confidence to again host this. Hashtag Stacey for fear and loathing preview. Get it trending. People will tweet that. you done. I know, it's why I did it. So, fear and loathing week, we're going to have our preview show as well as some exclusive interviews with Lionheart. We've already got one up there, but we do have a second one coming. And is it up now? No. no, it's going to be out next week. Next so, week. yeah, keep an eye on that one. So, check our Android, any Android podcasting sites, Anchor, iTunes, and Spotify periodically at Suplex Retweet. No, and just subscribe, then you'll get the alert. Well, you'll get the alert, alright, fine, fair enough. Subscribe. Sorry, sorry Quack. I'm going to change the alert such that it's just going to be Quack who's shouting at you. Interview, watch it. Check it. This is going to be us talking about an ICW show, and in the midway through, you're going to hear Quack going, just go! <laughs> Yeah, so that's what I. It's actually allowed. What? Can I do that? No! no. <laughs> I mean, if you want People to. People are going to unsubscribe for that. You guys are boring. <laughs> Just use the social media analysis to find out where the majority of our listeners live. Just walk about that area going, Jackie! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll be talking all the big matches Jackie Bowl, Lionheart. Aaron Echo, Kenny Williams, which has just been announced. The six man, uh, six team, sorry, TLC match. We'll have the tag title match with my good friend Rudo in the corner. We've had a full show before. No, no, we're not fucking letting it pass. I'm not letting it die. Also, uh, also we mentioned our Lionheart interview and check our back catalogue. We have a plethora of ICW interviews from DCT and Stevie Boy's first interviews as the world champions. 
We have Mark Dallister, Lionheart, we have Kieran Kelly, we have Sam Barber, we have Kings of Catch. Will they even made a move after Quacko? Yeah, by next week we will probably have a hundred episodes in that back catalogue. There you go. Browse to your heart's content. I think what? special for that hundredth episode. <laughs> I can't guarantee where the hundredth episode will be. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's gotta do is uh, make sure you subscribe to our socials and our podcast at Suplex Retweet and all of them. And all it remains to say now is Thanks for listening to our show about the jabroni beating, pie eating, trailblazing, eyebrow raising, sitting get comfy, stay in your seat. We've talked about The Rock on Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat. If this is the Rock, what the Rock is cooking! I don't care what the fuck you think you're doing, whatever you think is more important with your life, you honking bag of dick tips. You know what you should be doing? You should be going online, you should be subscribing, you should be listening to the back catalogue of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, whatever the fuck you're doing, that's what you should be doing. I don't care if it's your mum's birthday, I don't care if she's feeling contractions, get on it right now. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.